What's up, everyone? If you were wondering how I've done this podcast, it's based off the Anchor. All you have to do is unload the Anchor app. And even better, guys, it's free. You could also possibly be getting paid to do this. I mean, all you got to do is just download the app. Speak your mind. If you ever dreamed of making a podcast or just anything, let your voice be heard. You can also be known on Spotify, Apple, or anything download. Just go on the Anchor app. What's up, everyone? Thank y'all for joining me with Buzzing with Marlo. I am one and only Warren Marlo. All right, guys, it is Memorial Day weekend. Three-day week. Let's go. Take a shower. Drink a coffee. Drink what you need to do to get this day on the roll. All right, guys, a little bit of what's going on this weekend for me. I get my boy back. Let me say that again. I get my boy back. I'm so ready. So excited. It's my time every single year. The summertime, I get my boy for three months. I'm so excited. The longest time I usually get him, so I am so ready. I know I keep saying that, but I am very, very, very anxiously ready for this. Uh, just to have both my kids home together. I know my daughter is going to be so excited. She's been, it's crazy to see when he comes here, he's going to see her walking, laughing, talking. She's not in the. She's not saying all English words yet, but she is talking. Uh, maybe it's going to be even better now with him here. It's going to help her get those words out even better. So I'm looking so forward to this, uh, having my my little family back together again. It's it's awesome, awesome feeling. All right, guys. So today's episode, I'm going to be joined with a YouTuber, a songwriter, and a musician. His name is Jeremiah Craig. Jeremiah Craig lives in Boston. Uh, that's right, guys, Boston. Uh, obviously, with COVID, it was still it's still slowly opening back up. So, main thing we're going to talk about with Jeremiah is what what got him to do songwriting. What got him to want to pursue this? Uh, what obstacles did he have to go through to get there? And um, how did he found his obsession with YouTube? How he got really popular on YouTube was due to COVID. Um, obviously, you can't sing on tours. You cannot go and perform. So, obviously, he did the extra mile. He started expressing, started doing a lot of relentless jobs on YouTube, on online, and getting that brand out and um, selling his product, getting himself, getting himself right, what he can do to get him prepared when... Obviously, the performances can come back. So, yeah, uh, we're going to talk about how he's done so well on YouTube. What What's the process of him continuing and keep pushing and keep pursuing it? Um, we're going to talk about 
some of the songs that he has done, um, which one is he most proud of? Obviously all of them, but which one is going to be the most memorable one to him? Uh, we're going to talk about his experiences that he had making music videos and what are his opinions on it. Um, and we're also going to talk about some great knowledge about one music video that Gay is going to it's going to be very, very cool information. I will definitely say that to y'all guys. So, and also guys, before I start this episode, before we chat with Jeremiah Craig, we are going to play one of his songs. It's called One Shot. Um, we are going to listen to that right now. So when we come back, guys, after we listen to One Shot, I will be joined with Jeremiah Craig. Coming off the trail with Wyatt, Bat, James, and Virgil And we were thirsty for some whiskey but had not a penny to our names My boots were too dusty and my muscles too tired To sit with some inbreds and lie through my teeth for a few card games So the other four boys got a table and I moseyed on up to the bar They often joked there was more silver on my tongue than in all of Tombstone So I said, barkeep! We came in only with our guns and good looks We ain't good with the broom, ain't good with the books But a drink would liven up our weary bones What do you say? And he said Empty your wheel gun out on the bar And we'll see how many rounds there are One shot for one shot And I only deal in a 45s One shot shot for your life Well I looked at the bullets but I looked longer at the bottle As much as I hated to part with those five rounds Life's for taking chances So I told the boys we had a deal and they all came up for their drinks Then my eyes stopped at the stairs and Big Nose Kate and I were exchanging glances Last I saw her was when the rangers took me from her bed But she helped me escape before they could put a rope around my neck She walked on over to where the mouth breathers were playing They spouted a curse at her I guess they weren't playing with a whole deck I said, you got one shot to apologize Or I'll put one shot between your eyes one shot for one shot and I only deal in a 45s One shot is all you got, yeah you got one shot for your life And he said something dumb like he don't apologize to whores So I figured he was asking for all the things that would come next I still had my whiskey in my hand when he reached for his gun But he was all wrist and it's all hip So I kept my word a la tete Then I was empty but I hadn't spilled a drop His friend made a move but I was quick to my knife He knew he'd been beat by 
by the shine of the blade I finally drank and said Give me your bullets And I'll let you leave with your life <laughs> Well Before he ran He let them fall on the ground And I bought the boys and Kate's Another round <laughs> One shot for One shot And I only deal In a 45 One shot is all you got, you got one shot for your life. Yeah. One shot now, what you gonna do? Jeremiah Craig, how you doing, man? Hey, how's it going? How you doing, man? You doing all right? Yes. Thank you for inviting me on here. Oh, absolutely, man. Uh, where Where do you currently live right now, man? Oh, you stay in Boston. Okay. How's it, the weather over there? Oh, it's beautiful right now. It's just starting to warm up. Mm -hmm. Actually, put in the air conditioner. The window unit today, so we're ready. We're ready for a humid summer. <laughs> so, how hot does it usually get in Boston? It gets maybe like mid nineties at the hottest. Um, it's not that hot. Me and my wife used to live in Arizona, so it got up to like one twenty a couple of times when we lived there. So, it's nothing <laughs> we can't deal with. Okay, I like it. I know Boston can get really cold too, so I was I was actually kind of curious on that. So, so are you born and raised in Boston? No, I'm from Western New York originally. Oh man, oh, you a baseball fan? <laughs> yeah, not so much baseball, but big time Bills fan with football. Okay, okay, so I guess the Boston move won't affect your baseball love if that's the case. <laughs> I, know how, I know how serious that is up there. I mean, I mean, up in Florida, baseball is it's there, but it's not like oh my gosh, like territory type scenario. But I know mm -hmm. with Boston, New York, it's like back away type scenario. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, it does get serious. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, it, it makes the sport, I guess, even funner some ways. But uh, Jeremiah, tell tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Well, I'm a singer-songwriter. I've been uh, doing music for, oh, geez, as long as I can remember. But my first album, like when I really decided I was going to make a go at it, was in 2011. So about 10 years actually pursuing it um, with, uh, with as much passion as I got. And I started, I guess, uh, playing music when I was maybe 14 uh, played the banjo. I started out on the banjo and then I learned the harmonica and then I learned the guitar. And then when I um, went out off to college, I started uh, writing songs. And I really liked, I really liked that. I think that's probably why I started sticking with the guitar a little bit more because there's just a lot more potential to fill, fill out a song with a lower end and a, and a higher end. And, 
and the guitar has both of those on the banjo, you kind of just have the uh, the higher end, the more trebly sounds. So uh, loved it. And when I released my first album, uh, a couple of years later, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I lived in Arizona for a little bit. Me and my wife moved out there, lived a couple of years there. I released a c- couple more albums there, too. Uh, well, one was an EP, and then I released, I actually did release a song, an album with banjo, all banjo music, and then uh, went to Seattle. And that's when I finally like made the jump from, because I was working a full-time job um, or a part-time job here and there. And that's when I made the jump to try to go full-time with it and went on a couple tours and then uh, it just didn't work. It wasn't sustainable enough. So went back and started working again. And then finally in 2018, I started focusing more uh, online and was able to make the jump uh, like around 2018, 2019 again. And it's been going really well. It's so far, it's so far so good, I guess. <laughs> hey, I, I got to give you a good laugh. So when you said you started this in 2011, that's actually when I graduated high school. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, that's when I graduated college. So that okay. was done. I was I was I graduated high school in t- 2005. And yeah, I've been at it for 10 years ever since you graduated high school. And I'm sure you've been on a hustle since then, too. <laughs> Oh, man, I, I love how you said something about with the music thing and you decided to drop your job and basically go on tour. Um, with me, in my background, I did professional wrestling for six mm-hmm. years. And, um, obviously, you can't just have that work full time because uh, we, we all know the side gigs. I mean, it's one it's a bigger than life type scenario, but the money is not always there going in it right all right off the rip. If you're not in WWE and stuff like that. You can make money, but it's a struggle. <laughs> I can only imagine. What did you do? How did you how did you uh figure out how to like I guess diversify revenue streams with wrestling? Um I mean obviously I still have my job, but I worked at a warehouse. So thankfully my my job subscription, I, I mean I didn't have to work uh, so many mount a day, so it's like I only work four days a week but I would get a full time pay. So I would go and wrestle on weekends, which was perfect because that's usually when you make your money is wrestling mm-hmm. on weekends and stuff. So that's what I would do. So literally I would work a warehouse uh, four days a week, working a night shift and then boom on Fridays, shave my chest, shave whatever I got to do, put the spray tan on, do what you got to do. And Love literally it. go to whatever town I had to do to wrestle in, man. It, it was a lot of fun. I will definitely. It say sounds that. fun. How how oh, far did you travel? Um, the furthest I went, I wrestled over in North Carolina areas, and um, I kind of like to stay more locally, especially when I had my girlfriend at the time. So it was just like, you could only go so far. And I mean, like like how you said you going on tour and stuff, wrestling. You having to pay out your pocket for most of the traveling, so it's not like you have agents and all that other stuff that's literally working the stuff for you. You're doing all your own stuff on your yeah. own, so yeah. it's like I kind of portioned it out the most. But I really like doing the North Carolina one because it was a 
it was over by one of those WrestleCon things over there. Obviously, you got to see a lot of people, a lot of big names and stuff like that, and just kind of like brand it, brand yourself, basically. And um, I always said I liked that experience the most, but I like to wrestle mainly local in mode, mm-hmm. main areas just because, my opinion, I don't like being in a car too long. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm about it. Like, I never liked driving. Like, I love driving, but I don't like driving for a long, long time. And um, for me living in Florida and stuff like that, and when I would wrestle out in the Georgia areas, that's a good two, three, maybe four, almost five-hour drives and just going through all through Georgia, then coming back home. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. And I tell people all the time, the wrestling part's easy. On the road is the toughest part. <laughs> it Especially is tough, but it's so tour. much fun. Oh, I, it, I love it. Oh, absolutely, man. It, it gets to a point where you literally have to be on a switch that literally – go, 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 because if you ever That's slow true. down, it's just like, oh, man, I don't feel good. Oh, do I really need to go to this? What am I doing? Am I really putting this mask on to get slammed? Like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it, it was also – it was awesome thing. Um, I want to know, what was your experiences when you went on tour and stuff like that? And what was the type of genre of music that you do? I mainly just play folk music, just singer-songwriter stuff. So, like, I write the songs, and then I play them up on stage and uh, with a harmonica sometimes around my neck. So I'll do both at the same time. But most of my songs are, are basically stories. So mm-hmm. uh, they're, they all have different themes, I guess, morals, and they, they, they're ballads, right? Folk ballads. So mm-hmm. when, when I would go places, it would basically just be me up on stage just playing these ba- ballads. Um, and it was a blast going from town to town to, uh, to, to play for people. Uh, I know exactly what you mean. I would have loved to have an agent or somebody help booking me, booking mm-hmm. those shows, but I would have to book them all ahead of time. You know, one of the strangest things is to, to figure out the logistically how a tour is going to go. Like, can you make mm-hmm. that drive right after that show that goes till what, 2 AM or something. Can I drive, can I drive two hours and then make up for it the next day? And if I don't, will I still be able to make it that whole next day? Like just thinking about stuff like that. But, uh, it, it was so worth it because people around the nation are awesome. I think that's one thing that I learned from being on tour is that people will go out of their way to help you mm-hmm. and just be nice to you. No matter like, no matter where you're coming from or where you're going to next. I mean, sure. You're going to run into the random dickhead here and there, but that's like 10% or if, if that even so more than 90% of any, any, relationship just passing relationship with anybody um has been awesome i mean there's been times when i was like there was one time when i was going through colorado and i I finished the show at a brewery and then somebody there was like oh you should you should come over next door when you're done um and there's an open mic night over there and that guy is that guy uh who who runs it 
Um, I think you'll really like him. So uh, I went over there and of course it was already done, but he was like, no, we'll just have a jam sesh back at my house. So we just had a jam sesh back there. He, he let me crash at his place. And then the next day off to the next place. Like it's just people just open up their homes and uh, wanted to just have a good time. It's, it's a, uh, it's, it gives you a lot of confidence in the human race. It, may, it makes, it makes networking easy too. Yeah, that's true. I don't think that I, I have followed up with very many of them um, since then, or they haven't followed up with me. Like it's, it was, it's such like a, an adventure that mm-hmm. everybody forgets to exchange information. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're already planning to meet up with people, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. It, it, it's like me with wrestling and stuff like that. Like uh-huh. I don't keep in contact with every single body that I was in the ring with and all that stuff. But it's like no when doubt. you see them, it's like you like you never miss the beat. Like catching up, around. you literally just start back to where where y'all left off, basically. And I've had yeah, that experience with the guys that I've been in the ring with, and I've actually had a of them on the podcast as well and it's just like wow we really didn't miss any wow it was almost three or four years and it's like it's like i talked to you like yesterday like it's just crazy how it some of those vibes can go like that too so i mean i love the fact that like you got to meet so many people and i tell people all the time for side gigs like stuff like this with wrestling music or anything like that always take advantage of getting seen and that was one thing I had to really take real respect look at was if you have a chance to get seen, do it because you're trying to build this brand. You're trying to literally make this a full time gig like you're you're trying to make this to the big times. You're not sitting here wanting to do this all all your whole career and be like, yeah, I'm just working an open mic night or something like that. No, you're, you're looking to get the former Grammy, some award or something like that. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. Thanks, man. It was fun. I love the road. And with the pandemic, uh, you know, ending the world opening back up, I hope that I can, you know, go back out at least for like a week or two at a time, nothing like two months at a time or anything like that. But, uh, it's it's always fun to get back on the road for a couple weeks for sure. So how long was your first tour? First tour was in 2009 with my uh, college band. And that was about a month or a month and a half long. We had, I think we had 25 shows. So probably mm-hmm. around a month. And, uh, and how, then, how was the distance wise over it? Distance, we went into four states. So we basically did a circle in our first tour. Um, that was, we were we were in Rochester, New York. So we went, uh, we went down in Pennsylvania. And then we did a little bit of Jersey. And then we went to Ohio. And then we came back through Buffalo into Rochester. So we hit about, you know, five states on the edges kind of, I mean, through, through the majority of Pennsylvania, but, um, the other, the other two on the edges, it was a blast. And then in 2015 and 2016, I toured, I did a lot of touring on Washington, Idaho and Oregon, and then one, um, national tour from the West coast to the East coast. Mm -hmm. So what what was your favorite 
area that you have done a tour in so far? I think I think Arizona mm-hmm. or the Southwest in general. I love that area of the country. It's so awesome. The people are really nice. The land is beautiful. Um, I don't I don't see how you could go wrong out there. Yeah. Plus, it's really hot. So <laughs> it's hot. It is hot. <laughs> but that also means no winters. <laughs> I mean, so living in Florida, I've got people complain all the time, like, "Oh man, it's so hot out here." I'm like, eh, I've heard it's hotter in many other places, <laughs> but you don't have the the uh, the humidity that's in Florida. Like, that's heavy yeah. heat in mm-hmm. in like, Phoenix. It just feels like you're in an oven with no there's there's no way that there's going to be any moisture in the air. It's just hot (laughs) that's crazy oh oh that oh that's rough uh you you uh kind of said something about the covid thing uh are y'all up and running again or is the everything how's all that running now well it seems like everybody's easing up a bit especially with the thing that the cdc said that uh, if you've already had both your shots, then you don't have to wear a mask anywhere, anytime. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm seeing a lot of people up here in the Northeast uh, not wear their masks more so outside. Um, there's people are wearing masks all the time, but uh, the restaurants and places they're still they're still requiring masks, um, even if you just pass through to sit down at your table. So I think it's going to be on people's mind for a while. We'll see how long it takes for the businesses to shift. And I'm sure other business, I'm sure it varies on state, but up here in Massachusetts, I think people are going to take it real slow. Right. Uh, has the, the vaccine statement, like how you said, a lot of people are not wearing masks now. Is that, is that they're having to prove that they have had the vaccine or something like that for them to have their mask off? Or is it just like, they're just, just looking at it and just I think they're just being precautious. I don't even think yeah. they can do that legally, so I haven't even heard of anything like that. You'd be amazed at some of the stories I've heard from some people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you would be amazed. Like some of those things I was just like like, okay, if you don't prove that, that you had it and what's proof that you didn't have it. So it's like and I sit there and just kept and the people would just tell me all this stuff and I'm like like okay, okay. Oh, they go that serious. Like, like it's, it's crazy how they see how how they can tell how these people have done it. So I was just like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a weird transition after the year that we just had, but uh, yeah. we're gonna we'll make it out on the other side eventually. So, so with the songwriting gig and everything that you did, did it kind of affect? that for uh, during the COVID time or was it actually able to help you revamp yourself and getting you prepared to like you said go back on tours and stuff like that it rejuvenated you to actually be like you know what I really am more excited now doing it because obviously when you do it so much like I tell people all the time if I would have took a break 
when COVID hit for wrestling, maybe my longevity would have been a lot more because it gave me time just to recuperate. But then in my head, it's like, all right, now it's back time to get back in the ring, time to get back mm-hmm. and rolling. Now it's just like I've been out of it so long, so it's like, oh man, cruise control can only go so much longer. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a uh, it's tough. Uh, I actually went into the pandemic in a really good spot because mm-hmm. in 2018, after I had noticed that all of the tours weren't working, like I couldn't make enough money, I went back to work uh, at a marketing job and. I, and, and then in 2018, I started focusing a lot more on my online presence. So I just, I already had a little bit of an audience from what I was doing on YouTube and the videos that I was making there. So I just doubled down. I, I was like, okay, I'm going to do a ton of live streams. I'm going to do a ton of content. And it actually, it actually did really well during that time. So my my online presence i just i just like kept going and i didn't worry about playing live or anything else because that was not going to be possible anyways so i just spent all the focus that i had on making content for the internet and it it did really well and now i got sponsors um from like i make cowboy boot videos like reviews and stuff now i have cowboy boot sponsors i got people giving uh partnering with me to give me cowboys cowboy boots so that i can give them away to uh somebody who watches a live stream where i'm also playing music so it's like um i put on these concerts where there's also cowboy boot giveaways and it's just been a blast Uh, like it's been so much fun and i feel like for some people it's been like a, a relief because there's so much going there's pandemic there's so much uh, going on in the news it's just like come on to give us a break so i feel like mm-hmm. it's been a nice break for people and um i know that they're really excited for me to um head to their town either this summer or next year sometime on tour um so that's why i'm really excited to get back out because i know there's going to be a lot of people who who are who are going to want to see me and and sort of get that same sort of energy but instead in person um mm-hmm other than what it's been like for the past year or so, which has just been online. Right. Ah, yeah. I totally agree with you. Like I tell people, it's like a reset button type scenario. And I think it was a good thing for some people because I mean, if you really want to be real, like most people, you work your nine to five, you get burned out. Like obviously after your first year at a job, regardless of what you're doing, you're going to get burnt out in ways of it. Cause it's just the same petition every single day now me working at a warehouse we had to still keep going regardless of lockdown or whatever you had to work obviously me working yep. at like a retail warehouse <laughs> like there's no yep. but grocery still gotta get to the stores so it's like obviously i never had that pause button whatever but I tell you what, it was nice driving on the roads knowing there's no traffic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. So it's like you never had to worry about drunk drivers or anything because bars and everything was shut down. Like, this was the most craziest thing ever. Like, bars, gyms, everything done, shut down. And I mean, surreal. For me being a gym rat, it, it really, I was just like, I don't know what to do. Like, 
I could, I had knowledge, obviously, from me being a former personal trainer and stuff like that. I do this, but I'm like, yeah, but it's just not the thing I'm used to. So it was like, I had to really come out of my comfort zone to do like little workouts that really make it, make it to what I could do just being at a regular gym. Yep. Now it's like, okay, now I put some of the regimes that I had that I was dreading the most of. Now it's actually part of my actual workouts now knowing the gyms are open still. So it's like it gave me a little bit more that extra it to go, okay, you know what? This actually helps perform me better. So that's how like I see COVID for like people working at home, stuff like that. Now it makes them very appreciative when they do get everything back. It's like kind of like the a, what, what we call it a staycation, basically, except yeah, you right. just couldn't do much. <laughs> Everything yeah. at home. So it's like, oh, there's your vacation type scenario. So, I mean, I like how that is. But I want you to I wanted to t- ask you about the YouTube ordeal. That thing could be very difficult. And <laughs> so it's yeah, like, it. I'm still getting used to working with like how to make content on it. Like the only thing I was familiar with, I knew how to put videos of my old matches and just put it on YouTube video and just put it on a YouTube channel. Now mm-hmm. me doing it on a podcast would be just doing audio only. And they keep saying, Hey, you got to choose pictures and stuff like that. That thing can get difficult. Like I prefer to edit a podcast better than me trying to mess with YouTube. So it's like, <laughs> I'm still learning how to get more into it because I got people all the time like, hey, man, you got a YouTube for your podcast? I'm like, still working on it. (laughs) And it's just like, man, now I really got to get on YouTube. (laughs) I think, yeah, I think everybody should be on YouTube. It is such a good platform. One, because video is so engaging. And Mm -hmm. two, like it is the second biggest search engine behind Google, right? And Google owns it. So that means... Everything that is typed into Google uh, in the search results, videos will also show up. So you could, that's, that's how, yeah. So, so basically you should treat, uh, if you, if you're into marketing, you should treat putting videos up on YouTube, like you would put up any website or blog post online. So you want to make sure that it's really uh, keyword friendly, right? So it's using some search term that a lot of people focus on so that your stuff comes up organically. So that's how, that's how I built my YouTube channel, uh, around cowboy boots. And you could do the same thing for wrestling moves or for wrestling. Like you got to do is just like search different sorts of, uh, things like maybe, maybe you do, um, impressions, of famous, famous wrestlers, for example, or, uh, uh, common moves. You show people how to do common moves. Right. And then, mm-hmm. um, not only are you showing them in a tutorial video, but then you also have the footage of you doing it in the ring too, at the right. end. So that way they see it, how energetic you are live and in person too and and then that way they want to come see you or maybe watch your full match that's also on youtube if you had the rights Mm -hmm. to put that up so it's about it's about creating a funnel of content that is that goes basically by 
interest level. So if somebody just wants to know how to do the move, great. They know how to do the move and you taught them and you help them. That feels great. And eventually you can monetize that by putting ads on the video, but then maybe they want to know a little bit more about you and they watch your entire uh, wrestling match that, that, that you, that you repurposed in that first video. So they go and watch that one and they're like, Oh, that's cool. Let me see what he's up to on Instagram. Oh, that's cool. He's coming to North Carolina in June. I'm going to go. So it's just that sort of funnel that you just created by um, making a video that's, that is helpful to somebody to begin with. Right. I like it. Um, yeah. I mean, YouTube is definitely, yeah, it definitely is the second search engine in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't it's know awesome. Google actually owned them. Yeah. Google owns so many things. <laughs> I know Google owns so many things, but I didn't know in general YouTube would be the main, would be one form because I actually thought Apple would have some control of something because it's crazy. Like I, I like to say this story, like literally every phone I have owned so far, I can never find, you can never go in the store and just find an accessory for it. Like all those nice phone cases and stuff like that. I got a galaxy Samsung galaxy. I never, I'm not a big fan of iPhones and um, it's crazy to believe like, Regardless of what model of Android I w- would have, I could never find a phone case actually like at Walmart, Target, stuff like your little normal retail stores and stuff like that. I literally have to go to wherever I bought that phone just to get accessory. And it's just like, man, if this ain't peer pressure for retail just telling, hey, you better have an a- Apple iPhone or something just so you can get phone accessories. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> It's, right. it's, it's crazy like literally i never have had a phone where i could find phone cases that just for my particular phone like it's all iphone or something else or the brand new model of android that literally was probably out like two days ago so it's like you never can win when you have an android phone and stuff like that so it's like but i my opinion on android is i it's easier to access and stuff like that other than me going on iPhone and just sitting there clicking button after button to try to find whatever app I am trying to get. <laughs> so I hear you. I, I'm an Android dude too. I love it. I had I had an iPhone for like about a year. I couldn't stand it. It, it. it makes you crazy. Like it's funny how my wife would operate my phone and she'd be like, literally, like, how do I operate your phone? I'm like, how are you asking me this? Like all the apps are completely on the phone. Like, you could completely <laughs> see all the apps. Going from her iPhone, you're having to hit that middle button three or four times just so you can see a different app for it. And I'm just like, wouldn't that be easier for you? She's like, no, this is difficult. Like, she was trying to find my camera. I was like, the picture of the camera. And she's like, and then I would try to do it on hers. I got to do, like, six different slides just to find her camera. I was like, this is why <laughs> I'm like an Android. Like, it's just, that's how I've always been, I'm like, iPhones are just way too difficult in ways for me. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. For me. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, I like the freedom that you get with an Android phone that you can pretty much decide how you want it laid out. I think that's yeah. a huge value. Um, do you record a lot of your content off your phone? No, not anymore. I used to do a lot on my phone. 
Um, now I use a, now I have a Canon M50 and a Vixia. I don't know some some other Sony thing. It's it's waterproof, so basically it's my backup camera in case it starts raining when I'm filming. Mm-hmm. But I also use it as second angle. But yeah, sometimes I will use my phone, but I have I haven't been using it very frequently just because I haven't been out in the world. I'm sure um, <laughs> once the pandemic starts back up, I'm sure I'll be using my phone a lot more for for content creation with its video. Right. Right. Well, man, have you have you ever done any tours in Florida? Have you ever been no, to Florida? I have been to Florida before, but I have not played a show there yet, and I can't wait to. Um, I've had I've had a couple of requests to come down, so that's definitely on top of my list for sure. Is Florida? What part of Florida? What's that? What part of Florida? It's just said, just please come to Florida, and we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I would think probably the most popular area would probably be like Tampa or something like that. Tampa is really high on music, entertainment mm-hmm. type of news, especially now. Now that it's up and running again, Tampa is there for like music to come out. Uh, Orlando still, whatever. So, I mean, yeah, if you if you're really trying to get a show going, Tampa would probably be the main go area. I love it. Love the sounds of that. Of that. Tampa Bay, here we come. Let's do it. <laughs> so um, you did – I want to go back a little bit on your songwriting. Um, is it certain type of music that you only write about or like how you said storytelling? Um, is it only certain type of music or is it just – I'm trying to figure out how, how to put it. You mean like the genre? Yeah. Usually since it's just me right now. Uh, usually I am just like a folk, it's like folk songs. It sounds very folky, the acoustic guitar, like my new album. It came out on Friday. Life is for taking chances. It's pretty much just acoustic guitar. Me singing the songs. It's got some, you know, backup things going on. It's got some percussion. It it sounds, it sounds good, but it sounds simple. Right. Mm -hmm. And I like that too, because people can focus on the actual stories, like the lyrics and, it gives it gives a little bit more uh, room for someone to actually hear the story in the song. Now, don't get me wrong; I would love to be in a band again and you know play some more jazz type things with horn lines and you know maybe even do a little bit of uh, you know blues or or rock sort of thing. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe that will happen when the world opens back up, but I'm not going to push it right now. Um, But yeah, it's been folk music uh, pretty much for the, for the entire time that I've been doing this and it's fun. You know, I, I, I do it in an energetic way. That's not like a lot of people here just like sitting at the campfire or whatever, like a lot of uh, folk music is, or it's just like slow pop music. It's like, it's got some good energy and, uh, I hope people enjoy it. Right. I agree with you on that. Um, I, I've i never been a big fan of country music in ways just because <laughs> it gets so sad. Like, it, it's just too sad music for me. And I'm just like, how can you jam out to this? Like, it's just so sad. Like, like how are you just like every day just sitting there constantly just, just sitting there following the rhythm of I'm like – He's literally talking about sad 
subjects. Like, wouldn't you want? Oh, to I love those dead songs. Enjoyable stuff like that. I, no I love music that actually has feeling. So I love how you said you you like you write music that has storytelling, because yeah. storytelling is a big deal for so many things. And I mean, movies, <laughs> wrestling—that is the main thing for wrestling. Um, videos. I mean. Anything that basically is a hobby that you watch on TV or you follow something on, it's got a story to tell with it. Um, what is the most number one song that you are very, very most proud of? That literally, is, say like how if someone Googled you right now, what would be the most trademark song that you have made so far? Probably Busy My Spade. That's a sad song mm-hmm. um, in, in some respects, but it's about... It's about a, a guy in the – okay, so let me back up. This is what I mean by stories. This is, this, is, this is the kind of songs that I write. So back in the 1400s, 1500s in England, they had a hard time trying to figure out where they were going to bury people because you could only bury people on holy land or land that had been blessed by a church. So – they started to run out of room, as you could imagine. Like the church, churches couldn't bless these plots of land fast enough because people were dying left and right over something or other. And they stay, they had to dig up some of the some of the people who had been buried a while, and then and and then make new uh, bury the people who had just died in the in those graves that they just dug up. And they threw all those old bones in what they called a bone house that was on the graveyard on the grave. Uh, gravesite. So like when they were doing this and they opened up some of those old caskets, they saw scratch marks on the inside on some of them. So they, mm-hmm. they figured they were burying people alive. Right. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine making that discovery? Uh-huh. So what they, what they started <laughs> doing was after they did, after they figured that out, they started tying strings, to people's hands, running it up through the ground and attaching that string to a bell. So just in case they buried somebody alive, if they woke up later, like they buried somebody who's taking a nap and they woke up six feet under and they started moving around, at least somebody above ground, the grave digger who was on the graveyard shift would hear it. Right. And then they would come by that grave and dig up the person. And they had to hurry because like they were going to run out of air. There's, there's no extra mm-hmm. oxygen down there. Like you're just buried with what you had above ground. So they had to hurry so that they dug up this person before they ran out of air. And if they did that, then that was called the person was saved by the bell. That's a real thing. That's where that saying came from. And if they didn't succeed and they had ran, run out of air before they were able to dig up the person, it was, it was called a dead ringer. And I wrote a song about it told from the perspective of the grave digger whose job it was to listen for the bell to ring and then busy his spade or hence his shovel uh, to dig up the person before they ran out of air. And that's a story that tells a story of helping somebody bury a loved one, you know, walking up and down at night and then hearing the bell and then digging up the person um, and succeeding in doing that. So that one has a lot of plays on YouTube, but I just released a new one that has a lot of 
request is called one shot. Same, same idea, you know, mm -hmm. in a, in the old West, they are said to have been able to trade a bullet for a shot of bourbon. Uh, it specifically had to be a 45 bullet because it was the most popular and mm. it, they were basically the same price. Like the shot of bourbon was the same price as a shot as the bullet was. So you could basically use the bullet as currency. Um, some people say that that's wrong, but even if it's false, like it still makes for a good story. So um, I wrote the song and it's basically told from the perspective of the guys from Tombstone, like Doc Holliday going into a bar without any money, trading five bullets for him and his buddies to all get shots uh, of bourbon. And then he has one bullet left to solve the issue and the trouble that happens in the bar with two other guys. That's what wow. that song is about. So it's just song, songs like that. Just it, there's, there's, there's stories behind it. And I love it. That, that sounds like a TV show. That, that's right. I would, I, that's the kind of stuff that I want to write. Like I want to write a song that sounds like a show or a comic or a movie. Like that's the kind of music that I want to write. Dang, that, that, that's crazy. Like for you to sing it, like in the perspective of like, say like the great type of thing. Um, I, I don't know if anybody's obviously if someone's been around a cemetery and stuff, you always get freaked out. Like you really like, especially at nighttime, like you're just sitting there like, voices stuff like that you're just like wondering like, what the heck but imagining with bells just ringing instantly and then you have to haul it like that saying like one or two bells is just ringing non-stop you're having to save two people undigging six feet under like completely that would just be to tough like that, that would be bad crazy. luck to have to save two people at the same time on the same day that that is nuts like that, that's i wonder smart, if that i'm just sitting there thinking like so how far would the bell be tied to their finger? Like for you to say like they're six feet under is like, like wouldn't that cut their circulation completely off on their finger? Like there was some slack. There was a little bit of slack. They even had, they even had patents for specially designed coffins. You could look it up online. You could see like uh, air, air coffins or something. Uh, they, there was these coffins that had the tube with the, uh, string and it had the bell but then it also had like this little air vent so the person could survive and then if they were really if everything went wrong it ha it even had a window so that they could see when they were about to be saved so they could see the person's face before the coffin opened like that was something that somebody actually patented and you can you can find it online it's crazy the kinds of things that they uh that they went to and and didn't even think about checking their pulse before they did it. <laughs> and this was a coffin, like you could see yeah, it was a coffin. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know if they still do that, <laughs> right? <laughs> wow. So, how would they put them, say, like in that type of coffin? Would they know exactly? Okay, this one might not be fully dead, so we put them in that one, or is it like? I think it depends on how much money the family had. Oh, nobody, yeah. no, no, nobody who was poor was going to get one of those, you, you know, really the, fancy air ventilated, right? No, <laughs> it, it, if that was the case, they wouldn't have bothered to patent it, you know? <laughs>
that's like saying, hey, on your insurance for a doctor, like, hey, well, you, you got Medicaid? Okay. All right. Here, here's the Tylenol. Take it. <laughs> Relieve the pain. Goodbye. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> wow, that's, that's neat. Did you have a music video on this, or was it just yeah. a song that? You... Okay, yeah, I, the the music video, and that's why it probably has the most views because it was pretty much my first music video. Um, so uh, went to a graveyard, a really a really famous one in Rochester, um, and we filmed there, and it was the coldest day. Ever. like it was i think it was five degrees out or something like that it was wow. so cold but we filmed it anyways because it was snowy it was so beautiful oh my but it was goodness. tough five it was degrees? it was a cold day oh, man. That, that that makes me suffer <laughs> <laughs> it turned out good though Whew. how long did it take you to film it i don't know a few hours uh okay. film it's it's Music videos are a pain in the ass to record because you have to have something to hear it on, like hear the music so that you can try to lip sync it. And you mm -hmm. better like remember exactly the way that you sang it because it has to be perfect to look like you're actually singing it. And then you have to do the same scene in a different area. Uh, so you're just basically filming and doing the same song over and over and over again and, and as many different kinds of angles and shots that you can figure out so that you can do it so that you can edit the best later. Like they're not, they're not fun to make <laughs> really. That's why I haven't really made one made very many since then. I mean, I have messed around with it just to, just to, you know, stay kind of fresh, but I don't yeah. really like making music videos. Not at all. Yeah. Oh, man. So, so you don't really like doing the music videos ordeal? No, I would rather perform live or uh, do like a storytelling video. I mean, I'll do music videos in the future. I'm sure that I will once I have enough money. But um, right now, it's it's a lot of work for very little return. So right. it's it's just you not the return on investment isn't there, and it's not fun enough just to do without getting anything back for it um so like that one like that busy my spade uh video it hasn't it's it still hasn't even made it worth being out there uh in the cold for five hours it's monetarily i mean it was fun and i don't regret it not for one second i we would do it all over again but looking at it on paper it just doesn't make sense so I, it's got to be right time right place right oh my gosh Whew. That, that does kind of hurt too sometimes because obviously with me with a podcast and stuff like that I I really don't care about how many plays I get I just really want people to be educated on stuff that from people live vicariously through the other person's shoes that I'm I'm interviewing I'm very thankful for the plays and how much great responses I get back because I never thought this was even going to go really far because I didn't even believe that I could even be a, a voice for a podcast. So it was just at that point, it was just like, you know what, COVID's hit. You know what, why not? Let's give it a try. And I had numerous friends asking me all the time, like, hey, man, why do you think about doing a podcast? People would want to listen to you. People would want to know what 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 it takes to be a wrestler, stuff like that. Like mm -hmm. a little bit. It started from wanting to be a wrestling podcast to being like, you know what? 
I like it, but I'm not going to talk about wrestling every single time. So then I got it to a point, and I don't see podcasts doing it much as just having to sit down and chat and talk about anything. And mm-hmm. I think that's one reason why I've gotten popular on this thing is just because you don't see it often. So, like, it's kind of hard when I put, like, when you have to put the category of what your type of podcast is, and I'm just sitting there, I'm like, hmm, which one would be this most searchable one? Because it talks about everything, so it's just like, which one can I select for this week? <laughs> like, it's just like. Exactly. Yeah. Why not? So, I mean, it, it, I like it this way because it's like, like how you say to brand it out and stuff. So say like, if I talk about church or something like that, I get the viewership from people that are got that perspective of church. Now they're going to tune in every other week just to find out more knowledge about every other thing. And that's, I think that's really how the way I've grown so well from it is just from me not talking about the same thing every single week. Like, it's literally been something new. I've had movie directors on here. I've had so cool. former actors, stuff like that. So it, it's, it's really cool and just see who I've networked with just being on this podcast. <laughs> literally, no it's crazy to see, like, and I mean, having a former Playboy model on here, like, it's really cool just to see what a podcast can do. And it's crazy how podcasts has been so effective nowadays. Um, I want to know, have you, have you ever considered doing a podcast? Yeah. I used to be on anchor a lot when it first Mm -hmm. came out. I loved this app so much, uh, because it was way different. It was like, it's not like, it's not like it was now. Um, it used to be like sort of like a Twitter audio sort of thing where you could just sort of uh, put up a little post here. People would call in and leave a message and then you would add their message to that. And then, it, and then you'd be able to find everybody. Like it was a lot more easy uh, to mm-hmm. sort of create that sort of community where you're like calling into other people's podcasts and they're, they're answering it and they're doing this and they're doing, and then, and then they changed after Spotify bought it, and it just wasn't mm-hmm. as fun anymore. So I stopped doing that sort of podcasting, and now I put up uh, – I'm trying to get more regular with it again. But right. I've been putting up a lot of cowboy boot uh, – custom cowboy boot maker interviews and also putting up some of my music, like talking about the stories behind songs or just sort of messing around with how I want it incorporate music in the podcast so i've been messing around with it uh trying to figure out where i want to take it now but the way the anchor used to be was so cool i think they hit it too early because clubhouse is blowing up now on the ios platform and that is basically the same as what anchor was just a little different except except you can't save them as full-time podcasts like it's just over on the <laughs> yeah. so i haven't been on twitter cool. i've heard numerous good things about it. And well you can do the same thing on twitter now huh you can do the same thing on twitter now it's called twitter spaces so mm-hmm. uh it's open to android clubhouse has shut theirs down to android users so if you want mm-hmm. to practice with what it's like Try Twitter Spaces. Okay. There you go. Hey, that's crazy. I mean, I was somewhat familiar with Twitter even when I was wrestling. 
And everybody kept telling me, man, you got to make a Twitter account. You got to do this. Like, I, I was very old school. Like, I like Facebook to a certain extent, but I was like, you know what? I'll keep that for wrestling. And then I made an Instagram because I didn't really ever know what the heck that was. And I just didn't understand. Like, oh, so you just post videos and pictures. That's all you got to do. And it actually grew my popularity in wrestling was just from Instagram in ways because people are just like following that guy. Like, I mean, who wouldn't like a red, white, and blue type superhero type look looking like a, uh, I say it looking like a red, white, and blue good side of Deadpool. So there you or go, cool. or something like that. So it's like I I cringe so much Deadpool because here's a story about it. I came up with the idea that it was going to be American Pride, and um, come out. It was not even promoted yet. Literally, when I was about to make my first debut match. Deadpool just did their first premiere. So it went, went to, to the point, point where I was like, dag it. Because obviously with the mask ordeal, I was trying to I was trying to be a little bit different. I was a big fan of Power Rangers when I was young. And I kept having that imagination, like, you know what? I want to be like a Power Ranger, but completely shirt shirtless, whatever, have the long tights, whatever, and I'm gonna go with that. And then, obviously, I'm not going to carry the American flag, like, all the time. I'm going to put it on my gloves. And I thought that was going to be something different with it as well. It comes out. The mask looks identical to mine. And I was just like, lovely. <laughs> so, my first match, I literally got dead uh, USA. Brandon all over the place. <laughs> hey, as long as they know you. Oh, exactly, man. You'd be amazed at what I got asked by the audience. Like, I asked, I got asked if I was Ryan Reynolds. No, you, you look like a, the most perfect, perfect Power Ranger. Um, the American Spider-Man was probably one of my favorite ones. Uh, cool. Lucha USA, USA, I actually had that chant before. That was pretty funny when I didn't even really do high fly. And all I did was maybe a crossbody out of a ring or from the top rope. And we'd get Lucha USA, and I'm just like, yeah, I ain't going that crazy. <laughs> so, I mean. Love it. That it's sounds so crazy. cool. Yeah, I mean, it. it's crazy to believe. Like, I haven't been in the ring now for four years. Actually, that's a lie. I just did a battle royal, but that's still nothing like being in an actual match. So, I'll still say, yeah, I haven't really been in the ring wrestling and bumping like my normal routine was in like four years. So it's crazy. Um, I miss it, but I don't miss the pain. <laughs> you think you're going to get back at it or um, uh, I made it. I made a promise a long time ago. I mean, I, I left because of injuries. Uh, I had a new problem and from my mom, me being real young, my mom got in a real bad car accident when she was 16 years old. She's basically had metal plates all in her neck. And usually I could tell when it's going to rain here because my mom's neck starts tensing up. So that's literally how I use her as like, I was like, mom, you're more, you're more spot on than a weather girl. Like literally like my mom's neck will tense up when it's about to storm. And it's crazy. Like she'll text me like, Hey, it's about to rain. I'm like, all right. Yep. I, 
And my wife even questioned it sometimes. She's like, are you sure? I was like, mom said it's going to rain. We know. <laughs> Perfect. Like, I used to call it the human terminator. Like, my mom's got neck plates all through. My mom's had bad neck problems since she, since she was, like, 16. And my mom's had herniated disc. Uh, literally almost every part of her neck has literally got some type of metal in it now. Uh, bless her heart. And... That was my biggest fear, like, if I knew if I was going to start having neck problems, because obviously I watched a lot of wrestling and stuff like that. You you watch it, and you're like, okay, whatever. Like, you're not going to really be so scared, like, oh, I could break my leg or something like that. You know it happens in the sport, but you can't think that because there's no take two in a match. Like, literally, if you're in that ring and you're supposed to do a spot, say, like, you're supposed to jump out off the top rope or whatever, you ain't just going to sit there and be hesitant because you got the whole crowd just sitting here watching. You're like, uh, he looks scared. Like, I don't think he's going to do that. Like, you don't want people to think that. So, literally, I was on a just a, just constant mood, whatever. And then, um, obviously, six years, whatever, it started causing me having problems with my neck, which was funny. I never really landed on my head or in my neck or anything like that. But hitting, hitting, hitting boards nonstop. Not it's kind of like a baseball bat, right. like a wooden baseball bat. When you hit a ball, you get that vibration tense type scenario. Obviously, mm-hmm. my neck gave me a little bit of heads up. It's like, uh-uh, we ain't doing this no more. <laughs> yeah. My neck yeah. was starting to tense up, but my neck actually got locked up for almost a week. And I was getting scared about it because, like I said, my mom. And right. I was just like, I ain't living this lifestyle. And then – just go get my neck checked and make sure it was okay. Plus, I was trying to sign with a nice company. And um, mm-hmm. they brought this brain scanner and said, hey, pick a, pick a picture which one you think is yours. And I was like, um, they look the same. He said, exactly. That's like a 40-year-old man brain. I was only 28 years old. So I was, at, I was, I was like, my wife didn't even let me have another choice. She's like, you're done. You're completely done. And my wife, my wife just had our our beautiful little girl at the time too, so I was like, eh. "Yep." I'm starting to ease away because I mean, it's easier when you're single, especially for gigs like that. Even with music or anything like that, it's easier when you're single. But when you have a family, it's hard to continue, especially if the money's not like big time type scenario. Right. Yep, I hear you. That's where that burnout comes real quick. Yep, sounds and, like you made the great the the best decision. Yeah, man, I'm I'm more of a family man, and I and I always told people that from the beginning. I was like, I'll choose family over this. Um, I mainly started wrestling because of depression, and um, regarding from my my first son that I had, so that's actually what got me to start wrestling. It was either get paid to do something like this, or probably going to do something bad and be stupid in ways. So it was like, you know what? I I don't I don't regret anything I've done. So it it's still it gives me a lesson. I've all I learned a lesson from it. It gives me great stories to tell in the in the future and everything like that. And it's crazy to see how much it's grown, especially with COVID, because when I was wrestling, I know doggone well I couldn't wrestle in an empty arena and basically do a whole year basically of wrestling with no crowd that <laughs> I know I couldn't do that. 
So it's crazy to just see how they keep evolving every single time, especially with music, too. It's crazy to see how everything is just constantly going. And it's like basically saying, hey, either you adapt or you're going to be just basically left behind. So it doesn't even matter what type of music it is. Everything is still getting evolved in a certain way. So it's like, I know blues music. I, I don't know if blues music really, has it really been adapted much? Or is it still kind of like the same scenario? I think it's like blues, blues rock-ish. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you listen to what uh, Gary Clark Jr., has done with it he's definitely he's definitely got lots of blues but then it's got lots of rock too time so um i'd say it's been elect it's been you know it's brought gotten some like electric guitar of course um Mm. definitely has been you know modernized even brought into hip-hop music so i'd say blues is right right there along coming along with pretty much every other genre too yeah I, I like how you said with just the guitar or something like that it just gives it a new flavor and mm-hmm. it's crazy just like that little twist that makes it a whole different new scenario exactly um, it, it's crazy like how one little thing could just make a whole different or make a different perspective for people obviously people that look at blues and are like eh, i don't know if i can listen to that but with that guitar and it's like whoa what is that like I like that. I want. I want to listen to more of that. So, yeah, there's blue. There's some blues that everybody could listen to. That's for damn sure. I I think I've mellowed out a lot since I've gotten older now, and I'm experiencing more. And then it's like music wise, I I kind of still I'm still like not the biggest fan of country music, but obviously it's got that pop feel now, and I'm just like, what is it? Britney Spears singing country music now? Like what the heck? <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not like, so much. Like pop singers and singing, so it's just like I don't know if that's really country anymore. So I mean, so <laughs> it's just pop music. Saying, yeah, you keep saying stuff about cowboy boots and stuff like that. Is that something like you really are passionate about, or is that just one of your sponsors? Oh no, I'm super passionate about it. Um, been wearing them since I graduated high school. Uh, got into them because. I couldn't get a uh, a pair of sneakers or any other kinds of shoes to last more than like six months to a year, and it was uh, it was kind of annoying me. So my brother had just gotten some cowboy boots, and I decided I want to give those a shot too uh, because they look a little bit more well built. And I still have my first pair uh, fifteen years later, so mm-hmm. it's uh, they 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 hold up like. I don't care if you're not from Texas. I don't care if uh, what other stereotypes you want to attach to cowboy boots. If you want a, a pair of shoes to last you for pretty much like uh, a quarter of your life, then you should go with cowboy boots. <laughs> so that's why I love them so much. They're so awesome. And I never thought that uh, people would have any interest in the kinds of shoes that I uh, wanted to wear until I started making YouTube vi- videos about it. And then I, I found a whole bunch of people just like me who uh, really like cowboy boots just because they're cowboy boots and they, mm-hmm. they're durable and they look good. So tons, the, the community is awesome. It's so is cool. It, is it common in places like say like where you live in Boston, is it 
common for a lot of people in Boston to be wearing cowboy boots? No, not yet, but it will be. It will be. Uh, we're my community is all over the place, all over the freaking world. I'm I'm talking to people in Australia, in Turkey, in Scotland, in Canada, in Mexico, like all over the place. Uh, so interest in cowboy boots is worldwide and it's growing. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if all of the stereotypes and all of the stigma around it. Um, would go the way like the tennis shoe people wearing tennis shoes outside the tennis court or you know the basketball sneaker uh people wearing basketball uh sneakers out when they're not playing basketball right people wearing Mm -hmm. sandals when they're not at the beach like you name it it's just cowboy boots are are finally going to find their place in, in that area um because it's for some reason people like to keep them out of that conversation for some reason. Which is crazy because cowboy boots have been out for so long. And it's crazy to see like how adapted all the other shoes have been. And honestly, cowboy boots have still been behind them, but it's like, it's never been a time where cowboy boots were number one. And it's like, they haven't been behind them. They were already ahead when they were, when they were made in the first place. Cowboy right. boots were made the best, so they hadn't needed to change them. Like, there's this one cowboy boot company who, uh, since 1965, when they started, haven't changed the way that they make them. I mean, there are some more modern brands like Ariat, where their founder used to work at Reebok, and she brought all of the sneaker technology into the cowboy boot world, where, you know, there's mesh there's insoles there's like lightweight uh athletic feels to these cowboy boots so they're they they have sort of followed that direction too but they've also stayed true to themselves um just because the quality is there like there's no need to change any of it it's perfect as it is because it lasts decades yeah it's i'm yeah, it definitely is like weatherproof for sure. <laughs> Out of all shoes, it's definitely weatherproof. Yep, it's awesome. They they withstand of anything pretty much, and uh, I respect the hell out of them. And I want everybody to have a pair and wear a pair, uh, just just to understand how durable and awesome these these things are. And plus, they give you confidence too. You know, they look good at the same time as being durable and uh, long lasting. So I, I don't see any downside to cowboy boot unless you're running all day long. And then you'll probably want a sneaker. <laughs> hey, I'm more of a sneakers guy. I'm not even going to lie. So I, I, I agree with you on some things on it. I, I definitely like cowboy boots in the past. I don't wear them regularly. Uh, don't really care for flip flops or anything. In my opinion, I don't believe flip flops are for men. It's just my opinion. I've, <laughs> I've always been my thing. My feet are too dang ugly to be sitting or walking around with no socks on. Like literally, I'm one there of those people that have those those nice, cool looking flip flops. I like to call them slides. I'm sure everybody likes those now. I I don't wear those barefooted. Period. I, I wear socks under. Like, that's just how I've always been. 
it just feels weird for me to have my feet shown. So I take your word for it on cowboy boots, but um, Jeremiah, I appreciate you doing this today, man. Is there anything you want to finish on, man? This was a fun chat. Yeah, I had so much fun. Thank you for inviting me on here. Um, if anybody's interested in checking out some of the cowboy boot videos that I got on YouTube, uh, just head on over there and, and type in my name, Jeremiah Craig, or even just type in cowboy boots. You will find me. Uh, I will be on the first page. I can't promise that I will be the first result. But if you want to make sure that you find me, head on over to JeremiahCraig.com. And all my stuff is there. I just released a new album on Friday called Life is for Taking Chances on Spotify, Apple Music, and everywhere else. So I'm pumped. I got a lot going on. And uh, I hope I hope there's some folks who want to join me for it. That's really cool. Also, people, I'm going to let y'all know. We're going to put the link under the episode when I publish this. We're going to put the link under it so y'all can check it out. Um, do you have any social medias that you can have the viewers follow you on? Yeah, I do them all. I do Facebook. I do Instagram, uh, Twitter. I'm trying to do a little bit more on TikTok, uh, YouTube, of course. I'm, I'm probably on it. I can't promise you that I'm going to be as active. I'm not active on Snapchat, but I got that too. Um, I'm there. I'm around. I don't make it hard for people to find me. <laughs> hey, I love it. Hey, Jeremiah, I appreciate you having this, man. I hope you have a great, great night. Right back at you. Thank you so much for taking this time. No problem, man. Have a good one. You too. All right, I want to give a major shout out to KC Graphics. Um, they literally are phenomenal. I just had them do my Wild Boys flags for upcoming for Panama. Uh, phenomenal look. They did a, such a great job, detailed everything. And not only do they do flags, guys, they do backpacks, uniforms, wedding invitations, pictures, you name it. If you want it, they will make it. Uh, they will not disappoint you. And if you need to get a hold of them check them out on facebook and instagram at kc graphics design uh, that is kc graphics design i'm telling y'all y'all will not be disappointed uh they do phenomenal check them out kc graphics All right, time to get to go home cue. First and foremost, I'd like to thank Jeremiah Craig for coming out here and doing the booting, scooting, loving podcast interview. I mean, that was awesome ch chat today, man. I I found out so much awesome knowledge and found out some great information about <laughs> coffins. I mean, wow. Could y'all imagine that, guys? Like, air-insulated coffins, all that stuff? Like, that's crazy just to see... <laughs> how everything adapts um obviously saved by the bell the terminology of the actual reason or why we use the metaphor saved by the bell that that's crazy um best of luck to jeremiah craig uh obviously with covid slowly going not i mean slowly going away where we can start going traveling stuff like that again so obviously major uh Kudos to him. Obviously, with tours about to be coming back up, I know he's anxious, ready to perform again. Uh, awesome song. How about that? One shot, man. That song, I I really want to appreciate uh, 
Jeremiah for letting us have that song to play it on this episode. Uh, it was it was just an awesome chat, awesome time, and even found some information about Boots. Uh, it's crazy to know that he's from Boston and he loves cowboy boots. So that's pretty cool. Uh, obviously, with it being cold there often, I'm sure cowboy boots probably be a smart idea. I'm not the biggest fan of cowboy boots, but maybe, I mean, find some information about it. It's really cool to find out. So I appreciate Jeremiah Craig coming on today. All right, guys. I hope everyone has a great Memorial Day weekend. Uh, have a good time, man. Get outside. Enjoy the outdoors. Uh, COVID, it's made a major hit on us in 2020. 2021, it's time to bounce back. Time to get get out. Do what you need to do. Uh, enjoy the moments that we got now because, obviously, with COVID happening, we were told we weren't allowed to do anything. We weren't. It was shut down. Everything was no nothing for us. We couldn't eat outdoors. We couldn't eat. I mean, we couldn't eat at restaurants. We couldn't eat at. Oh my goodness, you you, you barely could even go to the gas station sometimes. Like it was crazy to see what what all happened with this. Obviously, now we are trying to get back on our feet. We're trying to do what we need to do to get back to what we used to be. So, guys, for Memorial Day weekend, I want everyone to try to go outside. Go hang out with friends. Go hang out with family. Enjoy this moment and and sh- give back to the ones that literally fought and died for our freedom. I want to say that again. Give back to the ones that really paved the way for us to really say we have freedom. Um, you can't go. You can't say anything else after that, guys. So it's time to wrap it up, guys. And I'm going to do it like I always do. Also, guys, I if you need to, make sure you follow, like, subscribe. Uh, what's the other word I'm guessing? I mean, add whatever on whatever platform you are listening to this podcast on so you can stay updated. Every single week, I publish a new episode every Friday. New episode, new chat, new conversations every single time. All right, guys, I hope everyone washes their hands. Stay safe, stay clean, do what you got to do, protect what you got, and I will be back when I have more down the road. Later. How's it going, everyone? Warren Marlowe off of Buzzing with Marlowe. If you haven't, I know with any platform that you are on, uh, to keep having us grow more and more. Uh, we are so grateful that we've gotten an iHeartRadio gig. We would like everyone to like, subscribe, and just add our channel. It helps us keep growing more and more. Also, leave a five-star review. Uh, leave reviews. Um, what we also do is post little messages. Leave us messages of what, how y'all think about each episode. What y'all, what y'all got out of it? What, what do y'all want us to talk about? What do you want us to? kind of get the topics on a little bit i mean it's anything and everything so like i said everyone please like and subscribe on any platform that you are listening to us on we greatly appreciate it also stay tuned every friday for buzzing with marlo thank y'all and have a blessed day